Good morning and welcome to Amazing Women. I'm Deb Ruggiero. You know, I started this radio show five years ago to highlight women in our community who make a difference, whether it's politics, education, health care, and science. Women excelling in math and science, it's so important because some of the most meaningful and lucrative careers are and will continue to be in health, science, and medicine. And my guest is certainly no stranger to the show, Dr. Annie DeGroot, president and CEO of EpiVax, which she founded in 1998, the company which builds on software technology. She developed at Brown University for vaccines. She also directs the Institute for Immunology and Informatics at URI. So welcome back. It's nice to see you again, Dr. DeGroot. Thank you very much for having me on this morning. Every time I see you, you seem to be working on a new project. Tell us this time about uh, URI's Institute for Immunology. I am so excited about that project. This is a lifelong dream come true. So we are, we've been doing a lot of this type of work in the company, but the work company in the company that, the work that we do in the company is commercially oriented. So we're trying to develop products. Mm -hmm. um, the work that we're going to be doing at the University of Rhode Island, which is now going to be called the iCubed, which is I-I-I, Institute for Immunology and Informatics. iCubed is sort of a cute little uh, name moniker for it, is really related to the basic underpinnings of immune response. And mm -hmm. so we're going to be able to explore all kinds of things. Why do people have autoimmune disease? Why do people get allergic reactions to medications? And why is it that when you get uh, an immune response to one organism, that might how might that affect the immune response to another? So mm -hmm. it's all made possible through informatics, but it's really basic science. And when you say informatics, what does that mean? Uh, informatics generally refers to the use of computer programs to discover basic facts about immune, uh, any kind of protein. In this case, we're doing immunoinformatics, which means immune response as discovered by, by algorithms that are run on the computer. Interesting. So we're doing science and research through algorithms and computer work. Yes, exactly. That's actually something I've been working on for 20 years. It's been around for a while, but the tools are really amazingly good now. They've gotten so much better than when I started. So how will this institute bolster the credentials at URI as a center for biotech research? I think that they've been focused mainly on what they call process and production of protein therapeutics and drugs. And that's been something that they've established very well. Greg Paquette's the leader there, and he's really been doing a fabulous job um, leading on the protein production side, which is a very important part of biotechnology. Amgen, for example, makes proteins. If you don't have the process to make those proteins, you can't make them. What we're going to be working on is the discovery side, which is how do you actually discover which are the things you should put into people's bodies to make them better? Mm -hmm. So that's the exciting part that we're going to add to the program. And what have you uncovered so far? What have we uncovered so far? Well, we haven't actually started quite yet, and I'll give you a little sneak preview. You probably will be hearing about a very large grant that's going to be coming in in the next couple of weeks to this new center. Terrific. So we will be working on... A range of things with that grant we'll be working and it's mostly going to be on the vaccine side. So we'll be working on uncovering what are the important pieces of hepatitis C proteins that we want to make in a, to put in a vaccine. We'll be looking at new ways of delivering vaccines mm -hmm. using our computer programs to fix the ways that we deliver vaccines. And we're also going to be working on a common pathogen called Helicobacter pylori. 
Um, all of these projects are done in a big collaboration. Steve Moss is the Helicobacter pylori leader. Uh, we have Steve Gregory from Lifespan who's working on hepatitis C, Lenny Moisey working on uh, the HIV project. Mm -hmm. I'm the leader, as usual, but I'm actually really looking forward to look, working with this team. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a couple of people I know you oversee. Uh, you mentioned Lenny Moise, who was um, one of your students, right? A former student at Brown University. Well, fun. you know, when I was at Brown, he was kind of floating around the biomed building, and I always thought he was looking, he looked like he worked very hard. Mm -hmm. And so I've had the, the fortunate, the good luck to be able to recruit him into my team initially at Brown while I was still at Brown. And then he moved over to Epivax with me, and now he's moving to University of Rhode Island with me. Wow. So he's just kind of following Dr. Andy DeGroote around. <laughs> he's but a you, terrific person. Indeed. You also have a second person, and I think this is very interesting, Dr. Leslie DeGroote, your father. Yes. So what is his professional expertise, and what's it like to work with your dad? <laughs> Two good questions. He actually is in somewhat of the same field I work in. I've mainly been in infectious diseases, but working on what are called T-cell epitopes, the signals that turn on T-cells. And he's been in endocrinology working on the same thing. What are the signals that turn on T-cells that cause Graves' disease, which is a common thyroid disease? Hmm. So that's answer to question one. Answer to question two is, um, what's it like working with my dad? Well, it's way better than talking politics with him. I can tell you <laughs> that for sure. But it's, it's been really great. Um, I can tell you for sure that we've been talking science together for years. Whenever we had a family reunion, mm -hmm. we'd go, go in a corner. My, dad, my mom would have to pry us apart yeah. because we'd be talking about science. So now we actually have a chance to do that in the laboratory. If you're just joining us, good morning and welcome to Amazing Women. I'm Deborah Giro. My guest is Dr. Annie DeGroote, the president and CEO of Epivax, which she founded in 1998. And as she mentioned, she's also directing the Institute for Immunology and Informatics at URI. Does this mean you're not teaching anymore at Brown University, or are you still affiliated with Brown as well? I still have Brown students. I have them in my laboratory. Okay. I have them in my class. I mm -hmm. teach a class called Vaccines and Immunotherapeutics at URI. We're wrapping up the uh, session this year, but we will be teaching it again in the spring of next year. And I hope to add some immunology courses. What's different about URI biotechnology program is that it's very applied. So here, when you learn about immunology or vaccines, you're really learning about what it means to make one. So we have speakers come in who have the experience of making vaccines in my class, and I think people find that very interesting. Mm. Now, what about Epivax, the company that you started back in 1998? Where is that? Epi is still growing. Epivax is in the Julie district, and we are very happy to be one of the corner and founding biotech companies in the Julie district, which the mayor has designated as being the knowledge district of the future. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope to invite other biotech companies to join us there. Uh, we are growing in terms of the number of contracts that we have, the number of research projects that we have. I think we have, I can't remember, six to eight NIH grants in place right now that provide support for the research and development. And then we work with a whole range of pharma companies from Pfizer to Amgen to Novartis, you name it. We mm -hmm. work with them to do, uh, to enhance and to improve their protein drugs. Mm -hmm. And also you've done a lot of work and research on the vaccines for HIV AIDS. How close are we to that? HIV AIDS vaccine development is hindered by funding. 
And I think with the regime change in Washington, D.C., we're going to see a change in the focus of the funding. And so I'm happy to say we're still in the game. We've been slowed down by lack of funding in recent years, Mm -hmm. but we're still completely dedicated to making an HIV vaccine. And we do have funding in-house to do that right now. Do you find that people have the impression that maybe HIV AIDS is under control and that for that reason perhaps people are not as sexually cautious as they certainly were 10, 15 years ago? Certainly. We see that in younger people in the United States. There's actually an increase in the number of HIV infections in in the U.S. this year among young people, um, mainly because of, as you say, a lack of concern because there's an seemed to be uh, the the physical evidence of people dying from AIDS is no longer in front of them, so mm-hmm. they're less afraid. Mm. And I know um, you're still treating because I read that you're treating you're treating TB patients at Miriam Hospital. I thought that had been uh, cured. Ah. <laughs> TB is one of the scourges of humankind. And so we haven't actually, eradicated TB. No, no, it's still around. And a lot of our patients are actually immigrants. And this is actually one of my other concerns. And that is that when people don't have access to health care, they tend to come down with diseases that are really dangerous for the population as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I see patients who haven't had good access to health care. And uh, we treat them to prevent them from coming down with TB or when they actually have active tuberculosis, we cure the tuberculosis. Mm. Now, Dr. DeGroot, you have won a number of awards for your work in the community as well as in business and uh, certainly medicine. And you started the Gaia Vaccine Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Gaia Vaccine Foundation was formed when we got our first grant uh, for HIV vaccine work. And the reason that I formed the organization was to support the work that we were doing. To, because we declared that our HIV vaccine would be not-for-profit. This is the Gaia HIV vaccine. That vaccine is being developed with our immunoinformatics tools. Mm-hmm. And we felt that it would be a good example for other pharma companies and biotech companies to basically say for the first time that our vaccine would be not-for-profit. And we challenge other companies to replicate that. They may actually be further along with an HIV vaccine, but their vaccines are not for profit. We feel that since this is one of the biggest problems in the world, we should be tackling it with new ideas, new technologies, and we should make that available for free. Mm-hmm. We're chatting with Dr. Annie DeGroote. I'm Deborah Giro, host and creator of Amazing Women. And when we come back, we'll talk about a project she's working on regarding research with diabetes. There's more. Stay with us on Amazing Women.